I can't really remember at what point I became aware of Ernest P. Worrell. Was it that time he saved a kid's summer camp from evil businessmen who wanted to tear it down? Or was it when he gained superhero electrical powers before orchestrating an escape from prison? Or maybe that time he convinced a television actor to give up his entire life and accept the magical powers of Santa Claus? Oh wait, I remember now. As a native of Nashville, I saw Ernest in a series of local commercials and ad campaigns throughout the 1980s before he hit it big. Since that time, I have been a sincere, unironic, die-hard Ernest fan for my entire life. And it is with great pleasure that I introduce this month's choice for the holdup, just in time for Halloween, the absolute best of the nine Ernest films ever made, Ernest Scared Stupid. Welcome to The Holdup. Each month we pick a movie one of us remembers fondly but hasn't seen in years, watch it, and decide, does it hold up? I'm John Nelson. And I'm John Longineau. Greetings, everyone. Happy Halloween. Are you ready to be terrified, John, to I'm have your psyche destroyed? Pretty much. By the most horrifying film ever in creation. Yes. Ernest Scared Stupid. It's really, it's, uh, it's quite a film, I gotta say. I don't believe you. But before <laughs> we get to... This abomination, uh, John. Abomination. We got an email. <laughs> don't, uh, hey, don't judge till you see it, John. Uh, yes, uh, we got an email at holduppodcast at gmail John, would you like to do the honors? Certainly. Uh, the email address through which you can write us if you have any questions or comments or concerns, or if you just want to say really sweet and nice things, like our uh, dear listener Stanley. Uh, Stanley writes us from Louisville, Kentucky, Ooh. of all places. He says, Dear Johns, first, thanks for the consistently entertaining commentary and film review. I look forward to each episode as a trip through my childhood film memory lane. Each episode serves a reminder to keep a check on my own perspective while piping up in an argument regarding film. Keep up the great work. Looking back, I'm fairly certain I was one of the first, if not the first, emailers, and more certain that I have had the honor of having the first listener request reviewed on the podcast. See Ridley Scott's Legend episode. I remain grateful. Yes, I remember that, this Stanley. This fact is confirmed. That is true. Thank Yay. you, Stanley. Congratulations. For, for being in on the ground floor. That's I know. Amazing. On and this that, empire. <laughs> and that was, that was a fun episode, so thank you for that. Forgive the personal story and feel free to skip ahead. We'll see if we did. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to be glib. I get in trouble when I'm glib about uh, <laughs> personal stories. Oh, fair enough. A couple of years ago, my wife and I took a brief custody of a young family member. He had had a rough start in life, and in addition to offering some love, stability, structure, and education to his world, I felt that offering some exploration of good, family-friendly films was important to our part in his upbringing. Aside, he's since gone on to live with his dad and is doing great. Aw. That's, that's great to hear. That's nice. I reached back into films I loved as an adolescent and offered to him as many movies as possible as entertainment as well as a bonding experience. One of these films was Wolfgang Peterson's The Never-Ending Story. It seemed a great story within a story, a classic hero's tale, and quintessential 80s filmmaking. While my young family member seemed to enjoy it well enough, I found that I still loved the movie, but was left with the thought, do I love it due to nostalgia or does it hold up? 
Mm. Regardless of whether or not you guys can review this one anytime in the near future or not, I offer sincere thanks for your work on the podcast and encourage you to keep it going. Much thanks, Stanley. Thank you, Stanley. Um, That's awful sweet of you. Thank you. Very sweet of you. It is, It is. I will confess, um, somewhat rare that we receive communication from people we don't know personally or haven't met. What? So, uh, we are very grateful for you uh, emailing in, Stanley, because we know that you found us just through listening to the podcast. So we appreciate that. And I would encourage anyone who does not know us personally, <laughs> please write in so yes. that we know that you are out there. Because be we're great. tired and sick of our friends. <laughs> yeah, I hate my friends. I'm so sick of them. Right? I want to I get some new friends. So all you new people out there, write in and uh, sound off. Let us know you're there. Yes. And also, if you are our friends, please do not stop don't, emailing please us. Yeah, please, please don't hate <laughs> we, us. We're we sorry. Need, we need the emails. I apologize. <laughs> we, we're just trying to act tough so we can get yeah. more people. <laughs> Thank you very much for that uh, email, Stanley. That was very sweet and consistent. Consider it. What do you think about that request, John? The never-ending story. You know what's funny is actually that's one of the most like like in-person requested films I ever get. When I talk about having this podcast in person to people, that's almost always the first one that comes up. It's like, oh, dude, you should do the never-ending story. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that, it's it's this weird thing about. I, I'm guessing it's people my age, more you know, like in their sure. mid forties. Uh, my age people are but definitely yeah. Into they it just, too. that's one of those that they just like lock onto as like it was you know hmm. '80s cable. You know, very much like discovered by a certain audience and, and revered. So, it, yeah, it, I, it's one that um, we did watch during Cinemarathon because there are actually sequels to The Neverending Story, believe it or not, because oh. um, <laughs> it never ends. <laughs> but uh, so I've probably seen it more recently than you. But even then, it's still been a little while. So, well, uh, it's been at least 20 years or more since I've seen it. So it would be okay. nice and fresh. Sounds like it might qualify. So we'll at, at bare minimum, we'll put it on the list of movies we could do and one day in the <laughs> far-flung we're future. finishing that list john it's happening <laughs> that would be awesome if we actually finished that it's never gonna happen <laughs> then we just end the show it's like okay now it's over quick before anybody else writes in no i'm kidding everybody else who wants to write in and uh double up our our request list please feel free to do so at holduppodcast at gmail.com or you can go to holduppodcast.com and uh link to any of our social media sites before we begin, folks, I do want to apologize. I know I sound like garbage. I've been sick for a month, and we just we, we couldn't put off recording any longer. We're, pra <laughs> we're practically doing this live. It's so close to the release date, so uh, bear with me coughing and hacking and sounding like I'm dying. That's so. fine. I mean, you sound more shitty than you usually do, so it, it all works out. <laughs> That's so nice. That's yeah. the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> oh, and also, uh, real quick, I want to uh, give a shout-out. We offered up the Hold Up podcast in a uh, fundraiser the other night. And we got a donation for our podcast to the Trevor Project. And the winning donation is one Mike Ladd. Thank you, Mike Ladd, for uh, donating that money. And yes, thank uh, you, and congratulations. Congratulations. You will be picking a movie for us to watch, and we will be probably uh, putting that out as a special bonus episode or something like that in the near future. I'm not going to tell you when, because I don't know when we're going to record it, but... Wait, John, people can get paid for us doing this? <laughs> well, somebody hopefully got paid. I know. I mean, I'm glad the Trevor Project is receiving the funds. Somebody worthwhile getting paid? Maybe we can start ransoming people for some of the other stuff we do. Hey, man. When, whenever you want to start monetizing this fucking thing, I am all ears. You're Let us fucking kidding. We're not going to make a damn dollar on this thing. We, we do it for you, for the love, dear we, listener. We do it most... Well, it has to be for the love, because it ain't for the money. <laughs> all right. And speaking of love and money and other atrocities, let's move on <laughs> to the movie of the evening. Woo! 
Ooh, it's Ernest Scared Stupid. Yes, Ernest Scared Stupid for Halloween. Happy Halloween, John. I'm so excited we're here. I cannot wait. Literally cannot wait to watch this. This is going to be so fun. So this is your request, and uh, dare I ask? Request? No, it's my it's my decision. You're yes, you (laughs) forced this bullshit on us. Uh, and why? Why, John? Why are we watching an earnest movie for this pod? Why are we <laughs> chasing away listeners in droves All right, well, for this movie? So uh, the primary reason is I sincerely, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I sincerely love earnest movies. Like I, I have a fondness for earnest for the dear character Jim Varney, a uh, Shakespearean actor uh, portrayed. <laughs> is he a Shakespearean well, actor? He is, yes. I, I, knew, he, I knew he was a real actor. actor, but I didn't know he was. Oh, he has the chops for right. sure, as you will see. Um, but no, I, I, Ernest is one of those things that like people always roll their eyes at, but most people usually haven't seen one of the movies or anything. And I, I grew up with it and think it's really funny. And I thought it would be ideal for this format because it has been decades since I've actually seen the movie. Um, but I have a huge fondness for it. It's not just like, oh yeah, I liked it. It was it was pretty good. It's like no, like I loved this movie. When did it come out? Do you this remember? This movie came out in 1991. Okay, so I, I would have been graduating from high school. So this definitely yes. would have been beneath me, and I would have been 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so that might, I you know, maybe that that math kind of suddenly uh, explains some of my love. It explains a great deal of this podcast <laughs> in general. Yes, but um, no, I so I just I I love her all the particularly there there are um kind of four major release earnest movies that were before they just started going straight to video mm-hmm. that that are kind of like my mainstay earnest movies there's the the first one was Ernest goes to camp right and then it's Ernest goes excuse me Ernest saves christmas <laughs> then Ernest goes to jail and then this film Ernest scared stupid it was is, the bonus the uh, in the trilogy i guess i mean there's there's like four or five movies after this you know there's like Ernest rides again Ernest goes to school slam dunk Ernest Ernest goes to africa which i've never seen because i <laughs> even i couldn't bring myself to like wonder what that one could be there's a lot of Ernest movies Ernest in the army i think is one of them oh, of um, course yeah Ernest in space Yes. Hey, uh, no, no. Oh. There's no Ernest in space. Well, then they missed a trick. Yes, he's not a horror franchise. He's just Ernest. All Although right. this one is horrifying because it's a Halloween movie. But um, no, I, I really the reason I'm bringing this on is because it's a tough pitch, right? Like I, I you, you're sort of prone to think it's bad. And right. expect, I mean, I'm going to assume like, we're not at wager time yet, but I'm going to like <laughs> guess you're coming in on like, it's not going to hold up. And what I like about it is I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm going to sincerely tell you like, no, 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 no. This is a great movie. Okay. And you are going to love it. Okay. And then we're going to see if I'm out of my mind <laughs> or if it's true, which is in, in and of itself in a nutshell, like is this podcast? Right. I, th- I thought it was an ideal movie because my passion is so big that i i think it'll be fun to do now uh you said now that this is interesting to me you said that he appeared in local commercials in nashville that's correct he also appeared in local commercials in phoenix well he did go national um it, it started in 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 uh, tennessee markets and then he went national so like i think national he was in, in the sense that he paid like people paid him to come to their end because he was specifically pitching for uh, a phoenix-based station yeah yeah so i think what happened was 
it was a local shtick mm-hmm. that got really popular. And then the, the com- like, I, I'm not an expert on the commercial history, but I'm pretty sure that, like, they basically franchised it out. Okay. To, like, hey, this is really effective, and he'll come do your local market. Right. And they just kind of did the same commercials, but, like, with a different brand or company or whatever. Got and it. then ultimately, I think he ended up in, like, a Coca-Cola ad. And right. Maybe a couple other things. And he had his own TV show because the conceit, every commercial, just to briefly get into the history of Ernest. Before For we those get in, of you who are not <laughs> blessed enough to see these yeah. commercials in the 80s. Exactly. Before we get to this particular film, Ernest was a character that was an invention of uh, um, an ad company. And he was basically he's like a bumbling hillbilly idiot. And the commercials were shot on video. Um not on film, like on, on digital video or somewhere like home video. And the, and the conceit of them was always like there, there were always POV and this idiot like comes through the door and he's talking to this guy, Vern, right? The unseen Vern, who the audience is. And he's always like, Hey Vern, what's going on? And he's like pitch, you know, he's talking about ding dongs or hot dogs or whatever. (laughs) And it's, he's just super like manic and silly and crazy. He's like, Hey Vern, I did a lot of like prat falls and kind of slapsticky stuff. Right. And that's sort of how the character was born. And I guess it got popular enough. Uh, surprise, surprise. It played great in Nashville. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it played well <laughs> in Phoenix, too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so it got popular enough that this was kind of like an 80s thing where like commercial stuff could take on a script life or like more narrative oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, the California Raisins yeah, got a TV all show. The time. I'm sure the Noid got a TV show for <laughs> fuck's sake. So, uh, so Ernest had, then he got a TV show and then his first movie, um, Ernest goes to camp came out mm. and then once he, they started making movies, then he was like a movie franchise and it's kind of like, he's like the white redneck Tyler Perry in a way It's like kind <laughs> of like, that's a weird comparison to make, but he has a lot of like characters and cross dressing and, and like, so he's not just Ernest. Mm-hmm. There's like a whole like grab bag of weirdos. So he's like the nutty professor. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, okay. there's that. Yes, exactly. So sometimes it's Ernest dressing up as one of these characters, and sometimes he, it's like it's literally them. It's almost like different moods or personality. Anyway, I don't okay. know. It's it's strange, but um, I always just found Ernest really funny. And uh, of the movies, um, this one was always the one I remembered the most fondly in terms of I, maybe because I'm a horror fan, right? And and so um, I before I. <laughs> Go into the specifics of the tale of Ernest Scared Stupid, John. I think think you know what we have to do. I've been dreading this because <laughs> I got to tell you, folks, this is the part of the show where if one of us hasn't seen it, then we have to guess what happens in the movie. I don't have the first <laughs> fucking clue. <laughs> Usually these movies sort of, you know, they the, the plots sort of present themselves and they're kind of obvious. I have nothing to offer. I mean, there's nothing. I have nothing to go on except that this hillbilly (laughs) is scared stupid. Which is why I really, really can't wait to do this. So, so John, I'll I'll give you this. Ernest is in it. It's called Ernest Scared Stupid, and it's happening on Halloween night. Go. So it's a it's one night. It's it's one only, night. Okay, I will give you that much. It follows the grand cr- tradition of one yeah. night. Okay, one night Halloween. Um. Well, I hope that it's about how he has to save Halloween from the local rich guy who lives up on Haunted Hill and is uh 
using his monetary evil to uh, take over Halloween and, and make it super commercial. Uh, and uh, Ernest vows to stop him. But in the process, the guy is able to buy a, a monster squad's worth of villains to come after him. Dracula and Frankenstein and jackal, uh, jack-o'-lanterns and shit. Uh, and so Ernest has to run a gauntlet of, of scary movie monsters uh, to uh, save Halloween from this crass rich man who has taken over this blessed holiday. Uh, and at the end, the uh, the rich man sees the error of his ways, <laughs> and he and Ernest um, go out trick or treating together. And um, that's the end. That's my guess. Well, John, um, as as I'm sure you're aware, that is that is fairly far off but that's fine i mean you mm-hmm. i love the monster squad Ernest. yes that's, that's pretty <laughs> that's it's not a bad idea and the and the <laughs> old classic man sees error of his ways is <laughs> right certainly it has a nice it's, try it's basically like it's basically like a christmas carol but it's a Halloween carol. <laughs> um so uh, so this is Ernest scared stupid Ernest, and i i won't give away everything but i'll give you the basic idea you you missed uh, a bit of it being so there's no you you have like human on human kind of conflict it's it's far simpler than that uh so Ernest actually in most of his movies this is the case as creepy as it sounds but Ernest quite often has children friends <laughs> so like I, I don't know if this is a conceit that began because Ernest went to camp with children right but like Ernest is kind of a dumb idiot and so he's kind of like a man child right, right? So he all almost every movie he's friends with kids. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a Doc Brown Marty like thing going on, <laughs> except he's like an idiot. Um, but in this particular case, the movie revolves around these two kids, a boy and a girl, who go to I assume elementary school or at most junior high, and it's Halloween, and they're in this town, and then they're friends with Ernest, uh-huh. or sp- specifically the boy is. I forgot his name, but he... Um, He's their Boo Radley. Ex- yeah, yeah, kind of. It's like... it's Except like he this, hasn't stabbed anybody? Yeah, this is like after To Kill a Mockingbird has happened, and now they're just buddies or something. <laughs> like, Scout uh, and Jim are hanging out with basically. Boo Radley. And so, and act funny enough, you mentioned Boo Radley, because the plot revolves around a tree... Uh, there's a um, tree house that they've made together and they're hanging out in their tree house but unbeknownst to them the tree house is actually the home of a uh, troll (laughs) a troll that was I think cursed and like the tree was buried on top of him to like hold him into the ground (laughs) and like prevent his horror alright and I want to say he ran amok uh, at capturing children during like pilgrim times or whatever um so they're in new england i'm pretty sure which i don't know why this redneck is like in new england so it's the village basically (laughs) yeah yeah the real version of the village (laughs) and this troll is running around um, so he has a history of having stolen children or something for some kind of makes sense and trolls do have a history of stealing children and (laughs) snarking on the internet exactly for some dark purpose or something and so what happens is the kid and Ernest are in the treehouse and they're kind of playing around and I, for some reason lightning hits or they trip or what for whatever fucking reason <laughs> the the troll gets loose 
right? Sure. And so it's this, the whole movie is like, oh my God, we have to solve this troll problem. It's running around town, stealing children and creating a havoc. And no one believes us because that's ridiculous, right? And it's right. the old like, oh, the kids, no, kids plus earnest know what's going on but all adults are like that's preposterous there's no troll or whatever I, i'm beginning to suspect the part i got right was somebody seeing the error of their ways not really i mean maybe the kid's mom and dad or something oh, I don't okay really I, I, I thought you were going to say and in the end they find out that the troll has been taking these kids and he's been you know putting them in happy candy land no and... no this troll is definitely bad oh, like okay. there's no like ambiguity on the troll like he is bad are, are you sure they don't end up friends at the end i'm pretty damn certain all right um, the the thing that's interesting is that uh, next door to the treehouse uh, lives Eartha Kitt of all people. <laughs> all right, and she is the wise old gonna give you the plot lady that like knows the tale of the troll and like knows what they have done, and so she is also on their side trying to help out or figure it out or whatever. Does she dress up as Catwoman for Halloween? No, unfortunately, no. That's uh, another it's another a, missed opportunity yeah. for this movie. Complete complete miss. Um. But yeah, that's kind of it. And so the, okay. m most of the movie is Ernest goofballing around, you know, scared of this troll. And g literally, as the title promises, Ernest scared stupid, doing a lot of, oh, oh my God. Okay. And I, and I could run you through, like, specific jokes and moments I remember, but I think it would actually not really do us much good. I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather keep you pure. That's that's probably for the best. Yeah, to the well, joy of Ernest. I, there is one spoiler that I do want to know, and I, this may actually cover the whole of of the earnest uh, oeuvre but um does Vern ever make an appearance in these movies so sometimes he does from my memory i don't think he i don't think Vern shows up in earnest scared stupid in this okay. film that we're going to watch but earlier movies specifically earnest saves christmas if i remember has a bit i think in earnest saves christmas he's delivering a christmas tree to Vern, uh -huh. and it's a thing in the movie where he's like oh hey i'm going to deliver it to this guy and then they have a scene in the movie that is basically one of the old ads where oh, okay. he's busting the door open. It's POV. And he's like, Hey Vern, I got your Christmas tree. And you know, and like, so we never see or hear Vern. No, okay. he's never, to my memory or knowledge, he's never revealed it as like seen and actually a character in a movie it's other like, than the POV. Thing. Turns out it's Christopher Lee or whatever. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Paul Rubens. <laughs> or it's like one of those, um, uh, beach blanket bingo or beach party movies where it's like Vincent Price. <laughs> and a cowboy hat or whatever. That would be awesome. Hey, Vern, I got this Christmas tree. <laughs> yes, put it aside in the pantry. Oh, let me get this. Uh, God, that's the worst. Pendulum swing. <laughs> or the worst Vincent Price. You know, when I have uh, a nasal stoppage, man, my, <laughs> the impressions go out the window, huh? Fair enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I don't remember Vern in this one. Okay. Um, oh, also, this is the only Ernest movie to my memory that has the honor of being the one I went to the theater and saw. Oh, um, most of them I caught on video or, you know, we owned on video and I was at this point old enough and was enough of an earnest fan <laughs> that I wanted to take in the majesty <laughs> at the theater. I was that excited about it. Uh, now, dare I ask, this was, I, I'm sure directed by, by Scorsese or Martin. Oh, Brest sure. Or, no, there's a guy that did all of the Ernest movies, and his name's like, oh, I don't remember. It's like Jimmy fucking Christmas or, like, <laughs> or John Joe Buck. Or so. He has like a weird <laughs> name. That might be something we look up while we're watching and then come back with. I want to uh, – I'm now – see, you talking about all the Vern stuff and the – and, you know, this – 
dynasty that he built. I'm really curious now as to what the order like was Vern written by like one dude or do we know any of that like Oh, like, oh, <laughs> did Don Draper come up with the, like, the did, original Yeah, did Don Draper come up and then, like, just move to Hollywood and successfully, Maybe. like, screenwrite his whole career? I mean, to be honest, I don't think the right... I will... I mean, I could be wrong about this, but I honestly, I would give pretty much 100% of the credit of Ernest to the performer. To, to Jim, Jim To Jim Varney. I mean, yeah. I'm sure the idea was, you know, like, oh, hey, you're a redneck and come in. I think without him, that's just some commercial... Right. That just plays and goes away. But he is so memorable as that character. Right. That I, I, I really think he's the he's like pretty much the entire reason that that character is popular or exists. Now, do you know his history at all? Do you, I mean, not before... a much. I mean, I know, I'm not kidding. He was a Shakespearean actor. I don't know much of his filmography or history prior to Ernest. I know he was a much more serious actor. Right. Like, I mean, not that he can't do comedy. Obviously, he can. But he <laughs> certainly is like has a little more range than just Ernest. <laughs> um, and I'm actually glad in his later years, he, he sort of got to have a second life as a slinky dog. Right. In Toy Story. Yeah. Which is, I mean, he's kind of just doing Ernest, to be honest, but like he's quite good at it. Um, and I, as a fan of Ernest, I always liked hearing him in those movies. Um, and then he what he was in like the Beverly Hillbillies movie, right? As as, uh, as like Jed, Jed uh, Clampett, Clampett, yeah. Um, which I'm, you know, he was fine in that. I don't sure. remember him in much else. I was gonna say I don't remember him in much else either. You know, but he would every so oft pop up in like you know, you know, like a Slinky Dog role. He'd <laughs> right. be like you know third, fourth, you know, character actor banana in the background, and yeah. you'd be like, oh sweet. He I can mean, do other things as in the. As is the case generally with these kind of parts, I think it was sort of this double-edged sword of like, well, he was super popular for being earnest, but right. once he was that, like literally he couldn't be anything else because that's what he's remembered for. The thing that's crazy about that character is like, I mean, maybe it's different now that a lot of time has gone by, but certainly in, I would say the 90s, 80s, and maybe even the 2000s, like people that have never at once seen an Ernest film in their lives like would know who Ernest is like right. he sort of permeated the zeitgeist beyond just the movies he was in like through just jokes about him or whatever like people like you say Ernest and people have an image in their head of that guy right which is fun. Was he, I mean, did they invent his name for his TV show? I imagine they would have yeah, to. I think so, yeah. he didn't have a name in the commercials. No one said, hey, here comes Ernest <laughs> to talk to the unseen Vern. It would just be like, here's this yokel fucking yelling right. and screaming at the fucking TV. Yeah, I don't I don't know when Ernest, the name came about, but I imagine it was pretty early. Because I, I, I don't remember specifically, but he, like, we knew him like the dude before he ever had a name like we as kids in phoenix right. knew that hey it's that you know hillbilly from you know kpho tv5 <laughs> phoenix talking about you know what's coming up this weekend or whatever um but yeah i don't think and, and then he like got a name like years later and it was kind of weird because it's like he, wait he's got a name <laughs> that's fucked up i john it's hard it's a hard question for me to answer because in my brain literally does not remember a time where i didn't know his name <laughs> That's how precious he is to me. This seems a good time to <laughs> segue into our wager. John, dare I even <laughs> ask, do you think that Ernest Scared Stupid is going to hold up? It's going to hold up! Yeah! Big old hold. I'm like banking all in. Chips on the table. I'm standing 
I'm got my shades up <laughs> and I'm either about to win big or bust real hard. But I am calling this movie as not only for me, but that for you, John Nelson, this movie will hold up. That's fascinating. No, <laughs> no, it will not hold up. That is what I'm going to say. It, it, it seems an easy answer, but you're so passionate there's a shred of doubt in my mind. So you may be able to slowly, like with a screwdriver, just chip away until like Shawshank, like you burst out of the shit and the sewer with your arms raised to the heaven, the rains falling upon you and say, yes, I convinced John that this terrible movie holds up. Well, you know, in Shawshank, he gets out and then his old buddy that misses him comes and finds him. So I'll see you on the shore, John. And we'll see you folks on the other side. We are now going to go watch Ernest Scared Stupid. From Touchstone Pictures, if you're looking for danger, if it's action you crave, I know Tai Chi Kung Fu There's only one man who's above the law. Ernest P. Worrell is here. And below average. Summer and summer. He's fighting an army of killer trolls. Hey, hey. And he's the hero who never knows when to quit. Just ask my fourth grade teacher. He never knew when to quit. Only in theaters. Ernest Scared Stupid. Rated PG. We are back, folks. Oh, man. Back from the horror that is Ernest oh. Scared Stupid. Hey, John, know what I mean? I do it, know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Okay. Well, John, uh, what, what's, what, what's the verdict? Well, I'm not going to tell you yet. I'm going to keep <laughs> you in suspense. Oh, no. Br'er Longino. You just give me as horrified as that movie was. It was so scary. Uh, well, uh, first, uh, before we jump in, a little bit of housekeeping. The name of the director you were trying to remember was John R. Cherry the third. Oh, yes. How could I forget? <laughs> and oh, what a cherry he is. Let me um, tell you. And apparently, and I, did, I, I looked it up, apparently he was actually the marketing executive uh, behind all of this. The mastermind. The, the co-creator. I guess it was his advertising firm. There was him and another dude um, that uh, cooked up all the Ernest stuff, and, and here we are. But yeah, he directed all the Ernest movies and all the commercials and all, <laughs> all that stuff. He, the Don Legacy. Draper of this scenario is John Cherry. Absolutely. So, John, what'd you think? Well, it was really interesting <laughs> to watch, for one. <laughs> I can see what's re what's really neat about well, I don't know, neat's the right word, but what what's informative about watching it is certainly the time I watched it in. Because since I would have been ten, right. it makes a lot more sense to me why I really liked the movie because it is, I, it, frankly, I it was it's far more of like a children's film than I really oh, absolutely kind of remembered. Like my memory was just like, oh, it's a comedy movie, right. And then in watching it now, I'm like, oh, okay, this is <laughs> this is a children's comedy movie. Like, like it is. It's like a kids' movie, basically. But I can see that a kid watching this would like place a lot of like. It, it was kind of dark, and it was kind of you know like it wasn't so like it wasn't aimed at like a five year old kid. For sure. Kid. So there was like kind of darkness, and there was you know. Obviously, adults acting stupid, so I guess there's that. But, like, I, I don't know. I, I can see a kid looking at this and going, oh, this is kind of a grown-up comedy. It's it's so yeah. uh, advanced in, in its uh, its hilarity. 
Well, it, it's interesting because the, the kind of stars in the movie besides Ernest himself are all these children. And so when I'm watching the movie and I'm like relatively the same age as the kids in the movie. Right. That all plays to me very, I guess, normal, for lack of a better word. And Ernest is kind of like their odd, oddball friend. And then now, as a 36-year-old watching <laughs> the movie... They're, it's their children, and they're not my peers at right. all. I'm way more, you know, on the age of, like, the, the parents in the movie. And so a lot of that, like, uh, you know, because to me, Ernest is pretty, he's pretty he's just kind of crazy and way out there and stuff. But, yeah, so but, we should probably talk about the movie in two different ways. There's the performance of Jim Barney, <laughs> which right. is its own thing and, and which is well worthy of, of being spoken of highly and respected. And then there's the movie right. that we watched, so I've, which, I've, of which Jim Varney is a, is a character in it. Right. <laughs> so like, like, and as you even said, as we were watching it, like the acting caliber of like pretty much all the children and most of the adults, you know, maybe like, I think it's like Jim Varney and Eartha Kitt are delivering... I mean, they are what they are, but they're at least like credible kind of like manic performances yeah, that you are can, like a performance. Yeah, they're making deliberate choices. Yeah. Whereas Earth I think it's like honestly way too good for this movie. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like she's actually like pretty not bad. Yeah. I mean, it's a very one sided role where she's just kind of this doomsayer witch right. woman that's screaming. But yeah, it's like every, pretty much everyone else, like the mayor, the teachers, the parents, every single parent are all like pretty terrible in terms of just like acting well it is funny to watch it because you can like you say there's you know jim varney and eartha kit and and there were a couple others the like the the salesman there's like sure i mean they're not necessarily great they're not great they are like performing and right but you can tell the difference between like the people who are like they've made a career out of the performing because again they just have that thing that i would have never noticed you know as a kid, but I completely notice as an adult, like the physicality of a, of a real actor, sure. like making deliberate choices and like their character makes certain bodily movements well, or whatever. It's a lot easier to see when they're sort of juxtaposed with bad acting yes. and well, people it, making I mean, bad fasc- choices and stuff. Yeah, it's fascinating to see like people just yanked out, apparently out of their real lives <laughs> to know. act in this movie. The kids, obviously. It's that's like the, John Cherry the Third's like college friends and whoever he just found off the street. It or must have been. Because so, yeah. the kids, it's like, well, the kids are kids. They, it's you like know, the, the producer's parent, like, but, or the producer's children or yeah, something. Yeah, but the adults in this movie, they have no excuse for like how <laughs> bad they act. So, yeah. you know, the kids I give a pass to because it's like, well, how do you know? You know, they're... Well, if the auteur who made the commercials <laughs> is behind this, I mean, it read, you know, it, it read to me kind of like commercial acting, honestly. Yeah, very Just presentational. Just very like, you need to get this in about five seconds. And so it's all very archetypal and stereotypical and just kind of, especially the, the parents, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, the parents were possibly the worst part of the movie was the parents. <laughs> I mean, the kids were bad and hard to watch, sure. but... The parents were just awful because they were terrible actors. They were boring to watch. Every scene they were in just ground everything to a <laughs> fucking halt. And that's saying something in this sure, movie. Sure. But let's be honest, we were not we were not here for the, you know, the parent stuff. Absolutely not. We Thank were here Christ. for Ernest P. Worrell. Yes. And okay, so let me say before now, wait, I say anything wait, else, remind me that I, we talked about at the beginning. But have you seen any Ernest movie ever? I've never it, seen an Ernest. This was movie. your first. This okay. was, my cherry is now broken. So by, let, I, I want, John Cherry has broken my cherry. <laughs> I, I want like a first time Ernest impressions. 
Here's my first time earnest. Well, here's my here's my first time impression of Jim Varney in this movie. Okay. Every time he wasn't playing Ernest, every time he dipped into another personality or another voice or anything, you know, when he slightly veered off Ernest, I thought he was great. He was fun to watch and he was kind you know, you could see like again the cleverness and the good acting and the you know, the intelligence behind the role. Then he would be Ernest and I would be and again, it's it's not that like <laughs> Ernest is bad, it's just like it's so so like over the top. Right. I mean, it like from frame one, he comes out and I I mean, I wish this was a phys- like a visual show and to show you that like imagine every part of your face just <laughs> just wide open. Like every orifice on his sure. face open wide. And that is like the first expression that he gives. And I and that was a fairly good representation of Ernest through the rest of the movie. And again, yeah. it's not that he's bad, it's just that it the the Ernest character gets boring for me really quickly. Whereas like when he slip like he would start slipping into these other personalities, like he's got this you know, like old Jewish woman and like John Wayne and like a, you know, a, a military dude. And he would just go into all these different personalities and they were way more fun. And I'd be like, oh, good. Finally, something to watch. Sure. Instead of this fucking yokel in his rubber face. I mean, Jim Carrey got nothing on this dude. I'll, I'll, give, him, <laughs> I'll give him that. But. Uh, you know what I'll tell you is there, there's a bit um, I'm remembering from Ernest Saves Christmas. You might actually really like because he has a whole extended bit where he's playing like a snake uh, rancher that's like trying, he's trying to sneak onto a movie set. Uh And so he's got a truck full of snakes for some reason. And so he like affects this persona that's like, I got a lot of snakes for a horror movie. (laughs) You know, know, this is weird, you know, guy. Um, And it's, and instead of just these little, kind of sound bite clip like one second moments he mm-hmm. has these more extended like now i'm gonna be this character for like five or ten minutes right well i can see him like the actor begging and pleading please just don't <laughs> make me play Ernest as much as possible like yeah. as many times as i can break character and do anything else please let me do that i don't care if i do like a short <laughs> film in the middle of this um, please of i'm begging you or like um there's that the there's the old woman with a, a neck brace and like uh she, I, I don't know if she has it in this movie but she usually has like a walker and stuff he had kind of has this persona that's mm-hmm. like this old lady right um and she was in this a little bit um, but there, I remember like extended scenes and like, oh, we got to try to get out of the jail or whatever. And he's like pretending to be this person. Like this movie did this interesting thing where normally he'll have these moments where he's kind of playing at being those other characters. And then this just had this very music video, like it, sort of the, the deal is he's telling the tale of the, how the Ottoman empire was fended off by the <laughs> Botswanians or whatever. And, um, he just it, it really becomes this weird like story time for children where he's just cutting well it's like watching Gollum except with 10 personalities yeah. yeah he's talking to himself he's telling himself the story basically back and forth he's like kind of lobbing the ball to these other characters who are all telling the story and that was fun and that was interesting and you but, know but what i realized is without the background of like a bunch of other movies where you see him kind of dip into these characters and it, it so normally that would play as a sort of nostalgia scene it's like hey remember all these like greatest hits of all these people right 
Like, if this is your first one, I could see that moment being like, what the fuck is going on? Because it's just out of nowhere, he's like, all these people. Even out of nowhere, it was very welcome. Okay. <laughs> this is, uh, like, Ernest wore out his welcome, like, <laughs> fairly quickly. And there's, again, it's not that he's not, there's not, like, times he's not funny. It's like, okay, I get, but usually he was funny to me when he wasn't, like, being a kid's actor, if it makes any sure. sense. Like, when he was like, or he was half making, the time he's basically just like, ah, yeah. like, he's like getting knocked around or a lot of physical, like Pratt fall humor type stuff. I kind of liken him to like the Pee Wee Herman of the Pee Wee's Playhouse, oh, okay. the, the kids TV show. Sure. Cause like the Pee Wee Herman of the movies, or at least, you know, Pee Wee's Big Adventure was like, he's kind of, you know, he's, he's supposedly acting kid-like. But the kid like is very, you know, the jokes are very adult. Right. A kid could watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure and be like, oh, this is funny and fun. But there's other stuff going on. And you're like, oh, OK, this, you know, this guy's a like stunted man child. And that's what's kind of funny about <laughs> it. Whereas Pee Wee in the TV show is he's not stunted. He's like right. this amazing character. There's a kid humor and there's an adult humor. That's a tough thing to do is to pull off like Muppet like both where it's like, right. well, we're making a joke for the kids, but the adults are going to like this too. It, that's <laughs> extremely tough to pull off. And I know that they're, you know, an advertising executive is probably not going to be aiming that. High. Sure, sure. So I will, I will say in terms of the humor, um, the movie, uh, at times, like I, rem I remember the things I thought were funny and then the things that weren't quite as funny as I remembered sort of had faded from my memory as they tend to do. <laughs> And so there were times where I was like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of dumb. That's kind of bad. <laughs> but there's a good like th two or three or four standout jokes that like to this day really crack me up. And I don't know if it's Jim Varney's read or whatever's going on. Like the first one is is when the troll resurrects for the first time. And there's this backlit, scary, you know, <laughs> like trolls coming right. at him. And he just has this line where he goes, I sure hope you're from Keebler. <laughs> oh, I just, didn't hear that. You one. didn't hear it? It's oh, so man. good. He's just like, I sure hope you're from Keebler. So oh. stupid. And then there's another one where um, there's a shopkeep at a grocery store. And the troll is like in the back. So so Jim or uh, Ernest is checking out and he's buying all this stuff. And the troll is behind him, and the guy, like, freaks out. Right. And for some reason can't speak, and so he starts playing, like, this weird game of charades. Right. For no reason. He's just, like, so beside himself with fear. Right. The dude is, like, the clerk is, like, trying to mime that, you know, hey, there's a monster behind you, and Vernus is like, oh, I love yeah. charades. <laughs> and, it, and he starts, for some reason, he starts focusing on two, right? He, like, he holds up two fingers or something like that. And yeah, so, yeah. Well, he starts doing the, like, sounds like, and right. he plays the game. And on. so he's, like... And he holds up two fingers or whatever, and, and Ernest is like, to this, to that. And then, like, the very last thing, it, it's it's like buried under a sound effect. He says, Desmond Tutu. And I was like, no, that's a, <laughs> there you go. That's an adult joke right there. Um, well, and then, yeah. the, then the guy pulls a shotgun out, right. I guess, to aim at the troll or whatever. But the whole, so the entire time, Ernest doesn't look behind him to see what the book right. says. He's playing charades. And then the shotgun comes out, and Ernest's reaction is he puts his hand up, and he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then the guy faints, and as he's fainting, he just has this throwaway line where he's like, hey, man, when you play charades, you play for keeps. Like, <laughs> it's just like so stupid. Like, yeah. Um, uh, I, that line always just makes me laugh. There was a good, my favorite joke of the whole thing was um, they kept flashing back, like every time Ernest would find himself uh, faced with a, a daunting task, and he was wanting to quit 
he would then make the announcement that he would not quit. He, he didn't know. He doesn't know how to quit. You can ask his fourth grade teacher, yeah. and they would flash back to his fourth grade teacher saying he doesn't know how to quit, or he, he never knows he how to. He never quit. knew when to quit. He never did. And she hits the boy version of and the me. boy's like writing like yeah. I never know when to quit on a chalk. Yeah, he's like writing Bart, Bart Simpson like <laughs> behind her, and she whacks him in the she back. She just of the literally head. smacks him. And they do that once, and it's like, oh, that's kind of amusing. And then later on. What is he doing? He's like doing one of those like extended like he does the same annoying thing <laughs> yeah. for like minutes. It's almost like the movie itself is in on how like repetitive and annoying it yeah, in he, fact is. Yeah, he beca- and, and he just keep, calls it out. And he keeps. Re- I, I wish I could remember what he's repeating, but I was so annoyed that that's why the joke worked. Is he's like going yeah yeah yeah. I never know when to quit. And then they flash back. He never knows when to quit. Wow, hits him in the head. I was like, okay, well that was funny. But and, and um, one that really. I don't know why to this day just plays with me is there's there's uh, a this there's this kind of thing in the movie where it's like, how are we going to stop the troll? And really early on, it's like at, when it's first attacking Ernest in the tree, uh, he knocks over like a cooler and a bunch of milk spills out, which is first of all, like, why would you have milk in a yeah, cooler? Why, why is the there tree? milk just right there? But milk pours out and then the troll runs away, you know, terrified. And you immediately were like, oh, geez, is he allergic to milk or something? Like, <laughs> first shot, like you basically had the answer. You're like, oh, that's weird. Um, and then they keep this going up over and over to the point where it's just like plainly obvious and what i like about it is that they don't have the revelation yet you're but you as an audience member just know like right. oh milk is the thing right sure. and it gets to the point where he opens up oh the a page was uh stuck together on the lore book about trolls and it and it pronounces that there oh this is the thing that can kill the troll <laughs> and it says m i blank k yeah it's all scratched and up. the l scratched out and there it's like it, at this point it is just like ludicrously obvious that like milk is the answer but Ernest doubles down while he's reading he's like it's meak authentic bulgarian meak and you're like you just think it's this dumb joke <laughs> yeah like, you think it's a throwaway okay. joke and then like later in the movie it's this like showdown at the school the music swells up it's this huge like a giant build up to like there's this two shot of Ernest and the troll walking like cowboys up to each other and like about to throw down and he's like you thought you could take me on but i got your number pal i'm just a little too resourceful a little too quick whips out this jar and he's like i found it authentic bulgarian (laughs) and the troll's like it's just so so stupid like and and i think that's the part of the humor i like it is just so audaciously dumb yes to like call back this joke about Miak, like. right? <laughs> that was that was kind of funny because yeah. they they had somehow managed to to engineer it so that you'd forgotten the gag. He'd thrown it away, yeah. like because he'd said it as like, "Oh, it's Miak," and that's like the last thing he said. And you're like, "Okay, that's again one of those throwaway gags he does." And then for them to bring it back, it's like, "Okay, they're in on the joke somewhere." It's just you know, few and far between. It's brilliant. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it just is in watching it again. I think it is one of those cases where like the stuff I enjoyed still hit with me and was funny to me. But that was all I had remembered about it. There's some jokes in this that are funny. There's there's some humor to be had. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. Sure. 
Well, I mean, Fre- I mean, you were pretty down on even the concept of the movie. So the fact that you're even saying that there was anything funny in it, <laughs> I think, is sort of good. I guess. Well, I, I you know, in respect to a dude who was fucking trying his hardest, because man, mm-hmm. is he selling? Jim, Jim Varney earns that paycheck. You know? Yeah, no joke. He's in like almost every shot of the movie. Not entirely, but I mean, he's in a good like ninety-five percent of this movie. And he is not half-assing it, rubber-facing it, and yelling and screaming and pitching a bitch. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, full full props to the dearly departed for, for uh, you know, putting on a show. But John, I'm actually just curious, since you, since you were now fully baptized into the world of Ernest, you have joined the fold of knowledge of having watched an Ernest film. <sighs> what What for you was like... Your preconceived notion of what Ernest was and what was different about it actually seeing a movie with him in it. Well, about 50% of the movie was exactly, unfortunately, what I had, you know, had in mind. Sure. It just all that stuff about and mug into the camera and stupid shit. It's when he would break the, the character. Right. That was the stuff that I was like, oh, okay, I, I see what he's doing there. And it's like, you can see the dude being like, okay, I will do Ernest. I will do him 150%. You can count on me. Again, can we just please write in some other things for me to do? I, I'm just beg any other character, please. Just And that was the <laughs> stuff that I felt like, oh, okay, I didn't see that coming. So kudos, I guess. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, honestly, dude, for the most part, I mean, I, there was a good 75% of that movie, I'll say, that I'm like, uh-huh, this is about what I expected. <laughs> except, except, Come on, sadly, man. worse, because the filmmaking is fucking bad, dude. I mean, it is. I mean, I... It is bad. I don't have a ton of defense. I, I understand. I You know what I was struck by watching it again that I'd sort of forgotten was... um. They pull a lot of weird, like, jump scares with the troll that I thought were kind of hilarious <laughs> for some reason. Well, they just, they always did that thing where, like... I don't know if it's intentional, but, like... Well, they always did that thing where, like, the kid is coming towards the camera, running away <laughs> from the troll, turns to look behind him, the troll's not there, turns back, and, of course, the, kid, ah! the troll is exactly on the other side of the camera from, uh, you know, in the audience with you. And it's just like, come yeah, on. They did that, like, four times. <laughs> well, my favorite one was the girl uh, who is, like, in her room afraid, and she's asking her mommy, like, please check under the bed. And she's just like, come on, you're, like, 10 years old, and there's nothing in your bed. Get get with it. Yeah, they did a whole poltergeist yeah, riff yeah. there. It's like, it was, it was like almost like shot long. for shot, the poltergeist. <laughs> yeah, but, but what I like about it is this long, extended, like, let me look. Oh, my God. Oh, there's just my stuffed animal come up into bed. The relief that anyone that knows anything about horror movies is not, like, relaxed <laughs> by because they immediately know, like, well, obviously it's about to come right now. Yeah, it's going to fall from the ceiling uh, or something. But she, like, ah, sighs, leans over, opens her eyes, and cuddled up in bed, just, right. like, like pillow primped and, and just <laughs> silently, stealthily got in there somehow. It's just the troll going, <laughs> That was kind of funny because it really was just like, what is he doing in bed with her? It's like, I don't know. Yeah, that was just Actually, silliness. the troll makes me laugh a lot. Like, for one, the um, prosthetics and, like, makeup on him is way better than has any business being in I, this I, movie. I read that the guys who did the killer clowns from outer, outer space uh, makeup did this. That one. would make sense. It looks a lot like the killer clowns yeah, from outer yeah. space. But they do an interesting design where there's two noses coming out of the troll. Right. Like, it's just striking. It's this weird decision, but it actually kind of works kind of well. 
Um, and then just, I don't know. There's just all these moments where he's like, so, uh, I, I actually kind of forgot this bit, but the troll unleashes like a troll army. Like his whole goal is like steal enough souls to have the Brussels sprout like pods. <laughs> he's like pod peopling on the tree and they hit the ground. And then this, there's like dozens of trolls that pop out. And there's something, there's a moment where all the trolls are out and it's super stupid, like that they're just fighting the kids. And then but the whole time the trolls like, bring me the head of Ernest Paymoral. <laughs> and everything's true. like, and the way they like score him and shoot him. Right. As if it's the most epic, like intense thing ever. But it's the, the whole thing is so silly. You know what? I amend what I said before. There, the, the filmmaking is not universally bad. I just realized the filmmaking, when Jim Varney is in the frame, there's always some thinking behind it. Like, they'll Dutch angle him, or they'll come from above, right. or they'll look you know, from below, or whatever. I just realized every shot that he's in is very lovingly set up, very carefully lit. And then everybody else's shot is shot like a fucking teenager's, you know... Oh, homework it's it, it's yeah <laughs> there was some of it that actually played almost straight up like kids making a, their own home movie type mm -hmm. stuff where you're just like oh like they would do like and you know Ernest would be doing like some stunt work and it's like okay that's half convincing and then they would do some stuff where he's you know obviously off that day or whatever like he got the flu or something and they're shooting without him and they do like kids running or kids jumping or, or or adults getting hit with something and it just is like could you not afford a stuntman because it looks like an actor like taking a stage punch but like a second too late or whatever right. i mean yeah it was just like they just did one take for everybody it wasn't jim varney it was like yeah fuck it print move on we're good man. yeah this is way more than we need should we then Close up shop here, John. What would you? I think so. I'm trying to think if there's any last minute uh, evidence I need to run in, like I'm <laughs> oh, yes, like I'm Perry Mason, you know, please. with yeah. a smoking gun or something <laughs> that that been sitting on the whole time. Like, <laughs> you remember that part that was actually really funny, John? Yeah. It is. Um, Render verdict. I think I think we've I think we've given uh, dear Ernest his due at this point. So all right, well. Let's let's hear it from you. I think it was. Uh... <laughs> well, I will say I, for me personally, myself, I'm going to give it a holds up, and that's mainly, uh, primarily nostalgia. I would mm. say, and also because I, I laughed at enough. Like there was enough things that I still found funny that I see value, and I'm glad I rewatched it. And I it's to confirm to me like, oh yes, I loved that when I was a kid, and I still enjoy watching it. I think the thing that like became very clear to me <laughs> was that my stance of like this is a great movie that everyone will love is like fell a little short like I watched it was like oh no this is not some like definitively like everyone must love this movie like this is kind of like a, if you didn't see it when you were 10 might not really get it done that 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 is the the thing I noticed right very clearly <laughs> well I'm not going to dispute you. Uh, I am going to say uh, thanks for trying, but no, it didn't, didn't hold up for me. Thank you for introducing me to the world of Ernest, blah, blah, blah. But uh, thank you, no. I'll, uh, I'll abstain from all uh, the rest. Would you watch Ernest Saves Christmas? Because let me tell you, that one's really good. <laughs> Only if I'm forced to by my daughter. Okay. 
but we do fortunately own the DVD thanks to John Longino, yes, folks. He did give it to me for Christmas once. It's so. a great, it's a great present. He's been trying to uh, seduce me into the. <laughs> world of Ernest for quite some time well, let me now. tell you if you got a little tired of Ernest and his antics um, <laughs> the other films uh, <laughs> it, it does not stop like it's basically oh. just more of that so. well that's shocking <laughs> honestly what was funny is I, as I was watching I was like oh that's right the commercials got old too. I had forgotten <laughs> that part. It's Holy almost like ninety shit. minutes is a little too much time with Ernest. Oh my god! And that too. It's like how can ninety minutes feel like a fucking eternity? <laughs> I would almost rather watch Robin Hood again. Hey man, this wasn't some fucking slow ass Dunkirk or whatever. Like I, I gotta say, if I gotta spend my ninety again, I would spend it with Ernest any old day. Well, I guess you'll be doing it alone. <laughs> uh, all right, John. We should probably talk about next month. It's my choice. Oh, time. excellent! You got to right the wrong. Yeah, and... <laughs> to fight to right the great wrong that has been done to this. Uh, I, I'm glad. You know what? I'm glad. I'm at least glad we checked. I needed. <laughs> I needed this. I needed this. I needed to check. Well, and and check we have, and <laughs> another month of potentially good movies wasted. <laughs> Let's try again next month. Um, I have been wanting to do a John Woo film for some time. Ooh. So I am picking one of his finest masterpieces of all time, the Nick Cage, John Travolta classic <laughs> face slash off. I noticed a bit of um, a bit of uh, sarcasm there. I don't know. You didn't seem like fully committed. Uh, I am fully committed to face off, okay. much the same way you were fully committed <laughs> to this piece of trash. But uh, <laughs> we've uh, we've both got our fancies, don't we? Sure. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to checking that one as well. All right, folks. Thanks for dropping by and listening. You can find us, of course, at holduppodcast.com. You can write us at holduppodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you visit us at iTunes, we haven't begged you for a while, so let's do it now. Um, if you wouldn't mind starring us or leaving us some sort of review, thank you to those that already have. It's very kind of you. We've gotten a very good start. Everybody's so very kind to us. If more people could do it, that'd be great. Thank you for joining us, everyone. And until next time. Nobody move, nobody gets hurt. Know what I mean? <laughs>